Well, praise God. Are y'all glad to be here today? I'm glad y'all are here. You know, I'm so blessed. Sometimes I just sit around and, and, and just get to smile, and I'll sit down on my porch and, you know, with my gun and my dog and where life is really all about and, and uh, just, just sit there. And I just think about how blessed we are. We're so blessed. All of us are so blessed to live around here. But, you know, I was, I, I, I was hearing uh, from a person talking about how hard everything was, and they were, they were telling me they don't live here, live in another town, and, you know, oh, can't get a preacher, you know, and churches are dwindling, and people are leaving, and got no young people, and got none of this. And I said, how are y'all doing? I said, I said, ah, we're doing really good still. Got people in church rescuing orphans and widows and doing things all over the world and blessed. And, and uh, you know, what can I say? Praise God. And uh, they were like, well, that's because the Spirit of God's there. And I said, well, then why aren't you here? So anyway, glory to God. I am actually going to finish the message today. Can y'all believe that? <clears throat> Pastor Jason that was here last week uh, asked me, he says, when you start a series, do you really finish them? I said, most of the time, but this one I'm going to finish today. So, so get your Bibles out and go to the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. But before I finish this message up, I just got a few things I want to say and go back and, and do a little bit of review. Because, you know, church, I'm just telling you, I, at the first of the year, I always pray about the year and what God, what's going to happen, what's going on, what's taking place. And, and I just got this from the Lord, and this is in my heart. It's what I'm believing. I don't know what you're believing. It's what I'm believing, that, you know, this is going to be a rough year. And it's not going to all be roses, and we're going to have some difficulties. But the, the word that I got from the Lord just strongly was, don't panic. I got you. And so I really think the whole this whole whatever's going to happen between now and whenever, that, that, you know, we've got to just be people who don't panic. We know God's with us. Amen? And so that's why I started at the very first point was you got to stop worrying. Listen to me, your worrying's not going to change it. All your worrying does is make you sick. Look at the person beside you and say, he's right. Worry doesn't get us anywhere. Worry doesn't do anything for us. It makes us sick. That's all it does. And so the Bible, we talked about that. What do we do? The Bible says, be anxious for nothing but in everything with prayer, right? With prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. So the answer to not worrying is you got to have a relationship with your heavenly father so that you can talk to him, you can share what's going on, you can pray, you know your prayers are heard, and they know they're going to be answered. Amen? And it's not answered because you saw an instantaneous Hello? They're answered because you know God's heard and he, God's got you. He's going to take care of it. Amen? So the second one was you've got to stop speaking word curses over your life. Listen, there's enough people cursing you. You might as well not help them. Hello? I mean, everybody. Listen to me. I'm going to tell you something that you are going to see a, a, a strong rise in. You're going to see a strong rise this year in, in hatred towards Christians. Okay? It's going to get bigger. It's going to get stronger. I love it. You know, like... Like, like, let's say, you know, people don't like me because I'm a redneck, okay? Well, you know, I can't do much about that, but, you know, I guess I could change my clothes. I could shave my beard. I could groom myself better, do something different, you know. Wear a suit. But 
says, I ain't going to do that. I mean, I might could do something with that. But if I'm being persecuted because I'm a believer in Jesus Christ, whoo, man, I love it because I'm like, man, dude, this is when I know that I'm right. Hello? You ain't going to change that. And so you, you've got to stop speaking word curses over your life. Don't, they're already cursing you. Just don't do it to yourself. Amen? The third one was don't allow fear to control your life. Listen to me. You don't know. I don't know what's coming. I can't tell you. Can't tell you how it's going to go down. But I can just tell you, you cannot let fear rule your life. Do not make decisions based upon fear. Make your decisions based upon faith. All right? Look at the person beside you and say, no fear. I don't care if everybody's dropping dead. Bless God, I'm believing for healing. I don't care if there's no food. I'm believing for miracles. Jesus fed 5,000 with one of the little boys' lunch. So, well, that was in the Bible back then. Well, it's time to get the Bible right now. We've got, to, we've, got to, we've got to show the world that Christianity is not about church and stained glass and pews and hymnals and, 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 and rituals and rites and rules and regulations. We've got to show the church that, I mean, show the world that the church is about Jesus Christ, about the resurrected Savior, about a living God that'll come into your life and bring you joy and peace in the midst of trials and tribulation. Amen. So we're not going to be motivated by fear. We're not going to let fear control our life. The fourth one was, we've got to stop looking at people to bring you happiness. I don't care who the president of the United States is. That is not the person I'm going to be looking at to bring me happiness. I'm looking at Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith. He's the one that can make things work out. Do I believe we can be better under one type of presidency than another? Absolutely. Absolutely. Am I going to vote? Yes. But I'm not going to look to the government to be my happiness. Because I'm telling you, boy, they'll mess it up. Fifth one was you got to test all things. All things you're going to see this year, test them. Test them with what, you say? Well, the Word of God against the Word of God. If it doesn't line up with the Word of God, then don't do it. The sixth one, <clears throat> which we talked about last week, was that we need fathers in the faith. I, I am I'm shocked, I guess is the word. When I go and start looking at videos of preachers and I see these guys... And I'm, I'm just like, how did they pull that off, Lord? Because they may have a big church and a lot of people, and they look like there's, you know, they got a lot going on, but the substance that's coming out of their mouth is garbage. And I'm like, that's not even lining up with the word. How in the world, how are they still functioning? How are they, you know, making it work? And so you've got to find people that you know are preaching the word of God. And they don't have to be preachers. You can be your friend that's going to encourage you in the word. That's, you're going to be able to go, the Bible says iron sharpens iron. You have to have that in your life. That's the, that's the concern I have with people drawing away from churches. They don't have any fathers in the faith. And if you don't have any fathers in the faith, well, then you're going to do what you want to do. And what you want to do may get you in trouble. Hello? And so we talked about that. Now, new point, number seven, which is 1 Thessalonians 5.12. So 1 Thessalonians 5.12 says, We urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and to admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. Be at peace among yourself. The seventh point is, folks, we've got to find a place of peace. We've got to find a place of peace. You cannot live in turmoil. You cannot live under stress all the time in your life. You have to have a place of peace. You have to have a place that's inside of you that's your own sanctuary that you can go and be with the Lord. It's a place of peace. You have to do things that bring you peace. 
thinking about trials and troubles and this and that. Oh, my gosh, what if this happens? What if that? Oh, my. That doesn't bring you peace. Hello? Trying to get everything straight, trying to get all your ducks lined up in a row, trying to get all your cats herded into the barn. You're never going to get there. You've got to find a place of peace that in the midst of the ash heap, you can still sit there and know that you have peace. Peace will save your soul. Let me show you a scripture, John 16, 33, Jesus' own words. He says, these things I have spoken to you, that in me, in me, you may have peace. In the world, you're going to have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. You have to learn how to be in Christ. Not listen to me. It's not meaning, oh, I did everything good today. I, I, I didn't cuss. I, I, I was nice. I smiled. I waved at everybody as I went by. I was tried to be so friendly. I, I, you know, no, no, no. It's not about being in Christ. It's not about you followed all the rules. You see, you can follow all the rules and be a devil in your heart. How do I know? The Pharisees. Look at the Pharisees in the Bible. They were following all the rules, but they were devils in their heart. Okay? No, I'm talking about when you're in Christ is an ability to sit down, close your eyes, look inwardly, and say, Jesus, I thank you that you're with me. And come into this room inside your heart, peace. Oh, it's an amazing thing. You know, for a long time, I, 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 I did not understand this. When I first got saved, I didn't really understand what, was, what, what, what it meant to be in the presence of the Lord or to, to be at peace or to be in Christ. I didn't understand these things. And so I was always thinking it was, you know, the next church service. It was, you know, go to some conference, go somewhere, you know, something was going on. That's, that's the place I was getting to. Until I started learning one day, man, it's a whole lot better if I can just stop and sit down, take a deep breath on a sunny day. I mean, there's times that I will just quit work and go sit down in the sun, tailgate of my truck, take a deep breath, quit thinking about everything, quit thinking about the work I got to do, quit thinking about troubles or this or that or the other, and just close my eyes and say, Lord, I just worship you. I love you. You're awesome. You're amazing. And find that place of peace. Folks, that's your medicine that heals your soul. And every person who is born again, who knows Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, has the ability to go there. I got to say this because I'm going to tie it into my last point. But the other day I was praying, and I'm a big person about, like, I quote a lot of scripture. And uh, um, so I'm praying. I'm like, you know, my prayer is going like this. You know, Father, I thank you that, you know, you, you told me that I can come boldly into your presence says, Lord, I just come boldly by the blood of Jesus. And I'm standing here before you today, Lord. And I just, I, I thank you for the blood that washed away my sins. It's made me holy and righteous. And, and then I started laughing. I chuckled to myself and said, why am I telling you this? You hear what I'm saying? I'm like, why am I trying to convince you that I need to be in here? Only person that needs convincing is me. That I can get in there. Right? And I started laughing. And it was almost like I could feel like. Like Jesus was laughing with me, like saying, yeah, you got it, Robert. You're, you're kind of, you're, you're, it was one of those days you're kind of off. You know, you're like, you're, you, you think you're not really in the family. It's going to tie you into this last point I want to get to, but I had to say that then. All right? It just blew me away because, see, I was trying to convince myself that I belong there, that I could get into the place of peace. That's just so wrong. Okay? So here's, here's point number eight. Go to 1 Thessalonians 5.14. 1 Thessalonians 5.14. It 
It says, Now we exhort you, brethren, warn those who are unruly, comfort the faint-hearted, uphold the weak, be patient with all, see that no one renders evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good both for yourself and for others. Church, I'm telling you, we're going to see this year a meltdown in society. And the only person that's standing there that's going to rescue those people is you. we got to quit depending on the preachers to do all the work. And we got to get out there and tell your friends that there's a way out. There's an answer. There's a hope. His name's Jesus. It's gonna, I'm telling you, people are going to melt down to the left and melt down to the right. They're going to be falling all over the place, falling all over themselves, freaking out pulling their hair out, running down the street, and it's going to be you standing there that says, hold on, come over. My pastor's preaching a message talking about don't worry. Let, hey, come here, come here, let me help you. Philippians chapter 2, verse 14. Philippians 2, 14. Now, this is a tough scripture, I know, but it says, do all things without complaining. Do all things without complaining and disputing that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast the word of life, so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain nor labored in vain. You're supposed to be the one that's going to shine as lights. But we can't shine as lights if we're standing there griping and complaining about everything that's taking place. Hello? You don't need to tell me that people are crooked and people are trying to, to, to twist things around and that, that we didn't, you know, we had all kinds of mess in the election in 20. And what do you think we're going to have this year? The only people that all they've learned is how, what to do better. Are you all with me? Folks, listen to me. You have a devil that hates you. Do you understand that? You, you as a child of God on this earth, you have an enemy that hates you. He wants you to go to hell. He wants your life to be miserable. He wants to take you to the farthest depths of hell and take you down there with him. And if he can't take you to hell, he just wants to make your life miserable here as much as you can so you won't worship God or tell anybody else about Jesus. There's a war going on. I've been telling you this for four years. And the, now the temperature has been turned up. When you have people in high offices that say that people are just panicked that they're clinging to their Bibles and holding on to their guns. Folks, listen to me. It's coming out. It's getting more, it's getting more okay to not like Christians. It's getting more acceptable to persecute you. It's kind of the end thing because we're, we're people that are hanging on to our Bibles and saying, no, I believe the Bible's true. I believe Jesus is real. I believe he rose on the third day. And they're like, that's crazy. You're, that's not what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to all get naked and run down the street and do whatever we want to. Idiots. We said, no, we don't do that around here. And so, well, y'all need to. We're going to force you to do it around here. I'm like, why don't you just go somewhere else? All that I'm sitting right out of my mouth right there that's rather humorous is happening. Do you realize that? So if we're complaining about it all the time, we're not shining its lights. We've got to just be matter-of-factly say, well, that's what the devil wants to do. Oh, y'all are... One of those kind of people. Yeah, we are. Glory to God. Shining his lights. Come on over to my house for a Bible study tonight. There has to be this. It's, it's God calling us to this, this end times life that we're in to draw the line in the sand and say we are Christians. In the story, you ain't going to do nothing about it. I told you last week, but they're still, they're still having this, this uh, tribal thing going on over in Nigeria with a the Muslims are going town to, to village to village and making the 
Christians either convert to become a Muslim or they kill them. You don't see that here, but you might. What are you going to do? All I'm saying is it's time for us to prepare ourselves, to get ourselves in, in the right state of mind. Because, you know, like I told you last week, I think it was, or the week before, that, that Sweden told their people to, to start mentally preparing for war. I don't know how you do that, okay? But you as a Christian, you need to just be mentally prepared. They're not going to like you. And they're rising to power. And they're not going to like you. They don't like you. They don't like you because you believe in something called a Bible, in morality, in Jesus Christ, and they don't like it, and so therefore they got to get rid of you. they got to shut your voice down. If 33% of Christian churches have closed their doors since COVID, then that means a third of the, there's a third less church out there preaching, and maybe some of them shouldn't have been preaching, but a third less out there voice going out into the world. Hello? So who's going to pick up the slack? It's going to have to be us, every born-again believer. It's going to have to get more vocal. It's going to have to get out there to where you're, you're, you're the preacher. You say, well, I don't, that's not really my calling. Well, then just be nice. Just quit complaining. Quit getting in disputes and show somebody some love. Well, that's too hard. Matthew 7, 13, that, <coughs> excuse me, Jesus said, Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. So then that means to me that there's more going down the wide road than there's going down the narrow road. Do you, do you see that? There's more going down the wide road than going down the narrow road. So there's a lot of people missing it. And it's because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way. People don't want to do something. They want to basically do whatever their flesh wants to do. Hello? What I always think, I don't understand, and, you know, and I, I, I say this and I have to quit telling myself, just quit thinking about it. Because it blows my mind that people just want to do what they want to do. Whatever their flesh wants to do, they just want to do it. And it be okay. But then if I don't agree with it, then I'm the one wrong. And I'm like, well, then shut up and go do whatever you want to go do. Why are you looking back over at me? Why you need my approval? You're not going to get it. But that doesn't fly. <clears throat> Because they want me out because that brings conviction. Do you realize that? What I just said? They want you out of there because, see, you're just there shining. You didn't say anything. You're just there shining, but they want you to go away because they don't want to look at you because when they look at you, it brings them conviction. Oh, poor baby. Seemed to me if you're convicted, then you know you're wrong. You ought to quit doing it. Do you follow that? The reason why they hate you is because you represent Jesus. You represent the shining light, the answer. And so they hate you because they want to go do what they want to go do, but they don't want you sitting there because they know you bring them conviction. So I like irritating people, especially when all I got to do is just stand around and don't do nothing. Irritate them. That's even better. So there's a lot going down the broad path because in other gates narrow, that path's narrow, and they don't want to have to go through that, don't want to have to do that <coughs> because that means they would have to change. Okay. Last point. All right. The last point is this. He is, I, I, gotta, I don't have this really just right. The last point is simply you have to hold on. Okay. But this is why. Because he is your father, not just God. Now listen to this. Listen to what I'm saying here. John 17, 20 is my scripture. This is a revelation of revelations if you get it. <clears throat> It'll change your thinking if you grab hold of what I'm about to say. John 17, 20. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me 
through their word. So then don't we fit into that, right? He says, who will believe in me through their word, that they may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me and the glory which you gave me I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one, I in them, you in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. <clears throat> okay, we believe that God created the heavens and the earth and all therein, right? Yeah, just, I mean, just listen to this. Because it makes me, it makes me, it blows my mind. I, I mean, like my little mind, my little, my little gray cells up in my head, they just like start going, because it's just like almost too big for me to think about, okay? Like how many men in here, I want to see a show of hands, you ever made a barbecue pit? Raise your hand. All right. We've got a good bunch of y'all. Made a barbecue pit. How many of you men in here have ever made a star and hung it in the sky? Okay. How many of you guys, you ever made a piece of furniture, wood furniture? Raise your hand. Okay. Look at here. Got it. How many of you guys in here, you ever made a tree? When I got this point, that it, it, God, it was like my mind opened up and, and, and I was just like, holy cow, think about this. You made a piece of wood furniture from a tree. That's pretty impressive. But then think about the one who made the tree. He made a tree, he spoke the stars, he spoke, you know, the, 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 everything into being, and, he, and stars were put up in the multitudes of the name. And so then I got to thinking about, I, and listen to me, don't, this is just me, right? Don't, 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 this, don't, don't, don't go preaching this and say, Pastor said. <clears throat> but, you know, then I, my mind started thinking about, you know how you have those little snow globes? Where there's like a little city set up in a little glass bubble, and you shake it, you know, and little snow globes, you don't know what I'm talking about? Okay. What if, I just, this is my mind to start saying, I was looking at how big God is, and it was like, what if God just like got a whole bunch of snow globes set up, and we're just inside the snow globe? Are you following me here? I'm Like I'm saying, God is so huge. He makes stars. He makes trees, and the best we can do is do little things that we make. And then why do we as humans think we're so smart that we're on like a level with him that we know best? No, we don't want to follow the rules of the Bible. That's not the things that we want to do because, you know, that limits people in their expressive ideas and thoughts. When God is so great, he's so amazing, he's so, I mean, you know, we say, oh, yes, God is, God is good. But do you really catch hold of how big God is? And so to me, it was like we could just be a snow globe sitting on his mantle. That's how big he is. But that God, so you, you, you're in fear. Oh, that God is Ooh. No, no, he, that God, that God right there that did that, that spun all that into existence, that God said, I really want to be one with you. Do you realize you're not really adding that much to the relationship? It's not like you can say to the Lord, well, you're good when you got me. That's like my little dog was irritating me the other day. And I told her, I said, if you don't quit irritating me, I'm going to take you to the pound. Because she knows nothing of what I'm talking about. But I, then, then I thought about that. You see, that's my relationship. I haul you to the pound. I wouldn't, but I told her. God doesn't do that to you, 
When you mess up, God's not saying, that's enough. I'll, haul you. I'll get you out of this kingdom. No, he says, I want to be one with you. The almighty God, the creator of heaven and earth and all therein, wants to be one with you. Woo, folks, listen to me. Who wouldn't want that deal? But we go to him sheepishly. We pray sheepishly. Oh, God, could you give me a crumb? Fell from your table. When he's like, dude, I want to be one with you. I'm almighty God. I want to be one with you. It's the same revelation, the same, same revelation as that if, you know, I don't know if there was a, a person of stature, somebody that had accomplished something, somebody that had, you know, I don't know who, but somebody, and you felt intimidated in their presence and all, oh, you know, when they said, hey, come on, let's go eat lunch together. And you're like, oh, but this is so much bigger than that. How about this? The Lord's Prayer. You can find it, Matthew 6, 8. He says, therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things that you have need before you ask him. In this manner, therefore, pray. <clears throat> Our Father. Our Father. Do you understand that, you know, people have told me before, well, I have a problem with God being a father because I didn't have a very good father and he wasn't good to me and whatever. I'm like, you can't put a human in the same box as God. I'm sorry your father wasn't good to you. I'm sorry that, you know, he, you didn't get what you needed from your father. I'm sorry. But let me tell you something. God, the creator, wants to be your heavenly father and be one with you. What do we have to be worried about? The only worry we got is we're thinking somewhere along the line, we're not going to get in the truck. We're going to be left out. He's going to leave and we didn't load up. Hmm. The only concern's on our side because he's already said right there, I want to be one with you. Jesus said when you pray, say, my father. That's Abba Father who's in heaven. Hallowed be your name. Are y'all following me on this? Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Are y'all following me that this awesome, amazing God who created the world wants to be one with you and walk with you and live with you and talk with you and help you get through life? And that has the answers for everything. He wants to be one of you. He's not just God the creator. He is your father. Let me give you a couple more scriptures. I love this one. It's an Old Testament scripture. Deuteronomy chapter 31, 6. He says, be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. And he not, will not leave you nor forsake you. It's also quoted over in Hebrews 13. He will not leave you nor forsake you. One time when I was a kid, my parent, my mother took me to San Antonio, and you know, I was a small child, and this, I'm sure 100% it was all my fault. But somehow or another, in holding my mom's hand, walking around the store, after a little bit I looked up at the mom's hand I was holding, and it wasn't my mother. <laughs> <laughs> And so there was a little panic took on there that I was lost, okay? And my mom found me shortly. Point is, God's never going to leave you nor forsake you. God's not going to lose you. You're not going to get misplaced. He's not going to say, oh, man, I forgot to stop and pick up Jimmy. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. So then I'm just, just, just listen to me, church. I mean, maybe y'all are just saying, yeah, I got it, preacher. I'm hungry. Let's go home. But I'm just saying to you, I'm just trying to drive this point home. I don't know what's coming in the world. 
I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know if there's going to be disease X. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if the, you know, this, that, or the other is going to happen. I don't know if they're going to, what could happen? I just know it's not going to be good. But in the midst of all of it, you got to understand something. You can sit there with all confidence with a smile on your face and not be stressed and say, huh, I didn't see that coming. Okay, Daddy, what do you want to do? Jesus, one of the stories that gets me is they needed to pay the temple tax. It was a coin. And rather than going and doing something else, he tells Peter, "Uh, go down to the river and cast in your net, and the first fish you catch, look inside its mouth, it'll have a coin in it. What? What? I mean, do you realize how God had to orchestrate? Somebody had to drop a coin in the water. A fish had to swallow it, it not get in his gut, get hung in its mouth, stuck on a gill or something, you know. And then Peter to cast in his net and catch it, and nobody else caught it. How long had it been like that? I mean, was there an angel assigned to make sure that nobody else hooked that fish until Peter got there? Do y'all understand how hard that is? It would have been easier for God to have uh, somebody have a hole in their pocket and a coin just fell out, and Jesus said, there's one, get right up there and go pay the temple tax. God loves to see things complicated. It delights him. I'm going to tell you this about your father. Your father loves to get in the hardest situations where everybody says, uh-huh, we got you now. And then he makes a way where there seems to be no way. So God loves to do. Do you not think that God had better directions to give Moses and the children of Egypt when they left than to get backed up into the Red Sea? Do you think it, like, what happened? God said, oh, man, I got him wrong directions. That guy, man. Up against saying, here comes, here comes old Pharaoh. Look, here he's coming, and there, there. Oh, man, we got a problem now. Are y'all with me? It's only us that look at it like that. We get up to the Red Sea, and then we say, God, you don't know what you're doing. Look what's happened to us. We're at the Red Sea. The army's coming. They're going to get us. It's only we start to, we're trying to think like we think we're thinking on his level because we always tell God what he should have done, right? Well, God, if you'd have just done this. So we, we think that we, think, we can think on the same level as our Heavenly Father. All of you men in here who are fathers, if you just think back, there was a time when you thought your father didn't know anything. And then now that you become a father, you realize your father did know a lot and you were just an arrogant idiot. My father passed away when he was 56 and uh, I thought he was an old man. If you would have asked me, I'd say, yeah, my father, he's old, gray-headed, had a gray beard, rough hands. He was old. And when I came to the understanding that <laughs> this hit me about 57, that I was now older than my father, I was like, ooh, I wasn't looking at things right. And that's what we do so many times. We don't look at things correctly. We, we, have, it, we have all this assessment. We forget that God, he is God. He creates world, but he wants to be one with you. And he says, I'm not going to leave you nor forsake you. And he said, yeah, you, you can, no, no doubt, you can make it all happen. Here's another one, Isaiah 41.10. He says, fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I'm telling you, and this year you're going to wake up. You're going to turn on the news, or you're going to flip on to Facebook, or you're going to do whatever you do, and you're going to throw it on, and you're going to say, huh, wow, I didn't, didn't think that would happen going to happen this year and God's going to say oh don't fear don't fear I'm with you don't be dismayed for I'm your God I'll strengthen you yes I will help you I'll uphold you with a righteous right hand and you can sit there and say well you made a world so I think you can handle it 
Here's another one. When you'll be familiar with Psalms 23, 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for you're with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. What do you do with a rod? Come on, what do you do with a rod? You whop it, right? So then if this sweet psalm that everybody loves is saying, yeah, I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death and I'm not going to fear any evil because I see you just whop that thing. I believe, and I'm, I've been talking to the Lord about this. Of course, it's one of those conversations that it's all one-sided because I'm trying to get him to do something. And I said, you know, Lord, it just to me, just a whooping or a whopping would be doing pretty good right now. Just step up and show them who's really in charge. Have one of those <clears throat> moments like Herod when he was given his speech and everybody said, yo, the great is a God. And, and then the next thing you know, he fell over dead and the worms are eating him. I'm like, yeah, I didn't be... I'd like to see them explain that one all. Here's another one. Psalms 27, 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. So in whom shall I fear? Or how about this? The, the Lord, he's my daddy. So what do I have to fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. In whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked come up against me to eat my flesh, my enemies, my foes, they stumble and they fail. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear the war rise against me. In this, I will be confident. So even if zombies are coming to eat your flesh, that's my zombie scripture. Me and Brother Ivan got into it one day, and he said, Robert, there aren't zombies. You know zombies are not real. I said, well, the Bible says they are. He says, it does not. He says, sure does, right there. Took him to Psalms 27. says, right there, when they come to eat my flesh, zombies eat flesh. It's my zombie scripture. You just think things are bad, and zombies run around. Unless they're those, hopefully they're those slow-moving ones. Because if they're them fast ones, I ain't got a chance. <clears throat> Let me give you the last one. Psalms 46.1. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Even though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and are troubled, Though the mountains shake with all its swelling. That's your daddy. That's your heavenly father. And I encourage you <clears throat> to get your human thinking out of the way about human fathers. And begin to look at how big and how huge and how great God is. And then realize he's your heavenly father and wants to be one with you. So what do you have to worry about? Is there going to be troubles? Is there going to be trials? What Jesus told us there would be. It's okay. He said we could have peace in him. Are there going to be some issues and things you're going to have to get around? Yeah. Yeah. But folks, listen to me. You're going to survive so much better than everybody else. <laughs> We're out here in the country. I mean, we had to, may have to shoot a deer out of season or something like that. But, I mean, bless God, we ain't going hungry. <clears throat> and I would never shoot a deer out of season in case there's a game warden listing. <laughs> I just want to make sure they don't want them showing up in my door. Amen. Amen. Well, put your Bibles up and stand up. Let me have my prayer team come down, please. For those of you out watching, I mean, this message, this last point here. Listen, I don't know what's going to go on, but I just know God's got you. God will take care of you, but you need to have a relationship, a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. The only way we get in, the only way we become one with our Heavenly Father is because we made Jesus the Lord and Savior of our life. The Bible's real simple. It says that if you confess with your mouth, if you believe in your heart, 
that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he paid the price for you on the cross at Calvary, shed his blood for you so that your sins could be forgiven, and that he arose on the third day from the dead to show that he is the Son of God. That if you believe in that and you, you, you know that to be true and you call out upon the name of Jesus, the Bible says you'll be saved. God will touch you wherever you are. All you have to do is pray and say, Jesus, come into my life. I want you to come into my life. I want to be, I want to be one with you, and he will. He'll touch you wherever you are. If you're in here today and, and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you don't know that if you walked out those doors and died today, you're going to go to heaven. You're not, you don't have that confidence. And maybe, maybe you just need to rededicate your life or you just need to get some obstacles out of your way. That's why we have this prayer team people up here. You can just walk up and pray with them. They're not going to put you on television. The cameras go off here in a minute. You don't have to be worried about anything. I just want you helped and blessed today. I want you to know and every one of you to be confident to know that you're right with God no matter what happens. Amen? And so we'll pray with you and, 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 and give you that opportunity. So even if you have something else you want to pray about, they're here for you today to be uh, prayer partners. Amen? Amen. So I'm going to pray over you. You're going to be lights in the midst of darkness, but I fully well am confident you got it all handled. How about that? I give all of y'all an A plus and tell you you're well able to do whatever happens and comes about and comes before you in your life. Amen. So, Father, I pray over them all. I just declare right now in Jesus' name, these are some of the greatest people on the face of the earth. I declare, Lord God, that they are blessed. I declare, Lord God, that they have a new revelation today of it, it's not just God. You're not just God. You're not just the creator. You're our heavenly father. And you're so big and so awesome and so amazing. And, Lord, we just believe you. And what the scripture says, that, Lord, you're never going to leave us or forsake us. You got us. You got us in the palm of your hand and nothing's taken us out. That, Lord, no matter what obstacles comes, no matter what we have to go through, Lord, you have a way for us to walk through it. So, Lord, I ask you to bless them. Pour yourself out upon them. Bless them this day more than they, they, they can imagine. And, Lord, I give you all the praise for it. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. God bless you, church.